We are in Come Follow Me, week 51, the book of Malachi, the last one for the year. And then we will start the New Testament last next year. And I want to start in verse, the end of verse 2 and the start of verse 3 in Malachi, because I feel like this is really such an important lesson in the scriptures. And it says at the end of verse two, yet I loved Jacob. It's talking about Esau and Jacob. And in verse three, it says, and I hated Esau. And I can remember at one time thinking, what does that mean? Because it says at several places in the scriptures that he has hated certain people or hated the Lamanites or hated different things. And you know, God doesn't hate anyone. And in the study, it means respect. And if you think of Cain and Abel, God had respect to Abel's offering and not to Cain's. And it all has to do with our heart, where our heart is. And I feel like as we go through these chapters in Malachi, it really is the definition of this verse. This respect to our offering. He loves Jacob because he knows Jacob loves him. And he does not have respect or he hated Esau because Esau really did not give his heart or a willing offering. And so if you start in chapter 2, verse 5, well, verse 2, let's start chapter 2, verse 2. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, I will curse your blessing because you do not lay it to heart. And that really is the whole thing. If we will not hear him, if we will not follow him, if we will not honor our covenants and keep his commandments, then guess what? He won't have respect for what we're doing. He knows if we are his, where our heart is. Verse 5, I give them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me. That means for the respect and the love. We get his priesthood. We get his power. We get his ordinances. We get his covenant. And that's what it says at the beginning. My covenant with him. Okay, verse 6. The law of truth was in his mouth. He spoke the law. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many from iniquity. If we can lead people to Christ, to that peace, to that law, Verse seven, for he is the messenger of the law oh, of the Lord of hosts. Okay, so that's the first definition of why he loved Abel and why he loved um, Jacob. Okay, so now if you go to verse eight, here's the second part of it, why he doesn't have respect or doesn't have love. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi. And i that's our stewardship. Are we leading people to Christ or away? Okay, verse 9. Ye have been partial in the law. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to say everybody gets it. And that's the world we live in. Everybody can have it. It's for everyone. No, you don't get to have it both ways. God is a God of law. While it is true, he loves us all. We have to obey his law. It is predicated. Blessings are predicated on law. Okay, 10. Have we not all one father? Have we not one God who created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? 
by profaning the covenant, by leading them away or telling them half-truths. That's Satan's job. By whispering lies. Okay, verse 17. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And this is that same scripture. They that call evil good and good evil, this is what they've done wrong. Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. Don't worry about it. He loves you and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? That is where we lose his respect and we deal treacherously because we have an obligation to lead others to truth to law, to God. Okay, verse three, number one, verse one, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. I love that. Verse two, for he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. And the whole point is that we want to be more. We want to be cleansed. We want to be purified. We want to become more through him. And that only comes through the temple and with a full heart desiring it. Okay, verse 7. Return to me and I will return to you. 10. Open your windows of heaven and I will pour you out a blessing. And I've seen that in the temple. 14. Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what doth it profit? Is it that we have kept his ordinances or that we have walked mournfully before him? And now you call the proud happy. What a lie. There is no lasting happiness without God, without laws, without covenants, without ordinances, without him. And we know that every single kingdom we have been told will be be greater than anything we've imagined here. So everyone will live a higher, a better place, have a reward that's greater than they can imagine and will be happy. Not everyone desires what I desire. Not everyone desires what you desire. But we all get to work and seek God and live where we are happy. But it's a lie to say we will all be the same. Because here's the truth, we wouldn't be happy. 18, then you shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. And I love in the initiatories, we are given eyes to see, to discern between truth and error and right and wrong. We know. And I want to end in verse 2 in chapter 4. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And I love that because he will heal and refine and purify and make us more. And what came to mind was this experience that I had when I was in um, Stake Young Women's. And we really wanted to do this tree of life experience, but we wanted it to be different than anything we had seen. And so we called the stake president and we asked his wife to be in charge of it. And they came up while we were busy with the girls and there was this grove of trees, this area of trees, and they strung lights all through it and then strung them all over at the end on this big, big tree. And they decided to do it at night. So it was dark and the girls would have to 
follow the path, hold on to the rope that was strung all through and really hold on and keep their eye on the path that led them winding through this grove to this tree of life. Well, right before, probably 10 minutes before they came to me and said, Erin, we have prayed really hard who we could have play Satan, who we could have be the person deceiving. And we came up with you. Now, I don't know if I should be thrilled that that's who they came up with, but I also know I wasn't offended. (laughs) So I went to my tent and I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, I don't want this to be some trite, silly thing. I want the girls to walk away having had a real experience that teaches them the truth of how much they need to hold to the rod. And immediately I thought, oh yeah, I better spray myself with mosquito repellent because it's dark and the mosquitoes come out. And immediately the spirit said mosquito repellent. That is how. And so I hid in the grove. I wasn't hidden. I was off the path kind of where it wasn't lit. So it was dusk. It was dark in amongst some trees. And I would say to the girls, and the last instruction they had was do not let go for any reason. And I was in this dusk area, this darker area, and I would say to the girls, oh, here, quick, quick, come over here, come to me, let me spray you really quick. The mosquitoes are really bad. And then you can jump back on. Person after person after person let go. There were two young beehive girls that would not. There were girls that tried to stretch to me and I stood just far enough out of stretching zone that they would have to let go. There were only two young beehive girls that said, no, no, I will not. They would not listen. And I kept going, you're gonna get bit. Just let go for a minute. You can trust me, it'll be okay. Um, It was such a powerful experience because like I say, only two did not let go. And at the end, as we went around, um, one of the wards had this discussion and it was a ward I had been in. It wasn't my current ward, but a ward I had lived in. And one of the girls said, I learned that you cannot even trust your leaders. You have to know for yourself. You have to be tethered to God. And while that was a knife in the heart, it's true. And I was so grateful that God inspired me. And I have never forgotten halfway through, I was teary and emotional and screaming in my head, please don't let go. Don't let go. And I love these scriptures because God knows what we are seeking. He knows who are his. He knows our hearts. He knows our weaknesses. And he walks with us and desires to make us more. If we just but have the desire and the respect and the awe to use him and to cry out to him, He will purify us if we can get to the temple and hear his voice and be told weekly in the temple that we are cleansed. If we renew our covenant in the sacrament that we are cleansed, that we will walk with God and he will give us his enabling power 
to be made more if we get really good at repenting. He knew we would make mistakes. He knew we would sin, but he is the way that we repent and are cleansed and purified and can come to the Father. And if we seek him, he seeks us. He is always there. He never goes away. It's us who turns. And I love that in these chapters. I want to end with a quote by Kevin Pearson. We can give our children education, lessons, athletics, the arts, and material possessions. But if we do not give them faith in Christ, we have given them little. It is all about who we seek. Seek the Lord. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.